morning. Let's pray before we read. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Please help our ears and our hearts to be open now as we listen to it. In Jesus' name, amen. We're reading Mark chapter 4, verses 1 to 20, on page 1005 in the Church Bibles. Mark chapter 4. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray again as we come to God's word this morning. Mark 4 and verse 9. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Father God, we thank you for time together this morning to consider your word. We pray that you would please give us ears to hear. We pray uh, that in the face of rejection of the gospel, you would build our confidence to keep sowing and keep listening to your words. Thrill us with the promise of your kingdom growth this morning, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I once heard of a gardening company, and on the side of each of their vans was the tagline, ours is a growing business. It was clever. And here at Emmanuel, we could have the tagline, 
Ours is a growing business. Uh, we long as Christians to grow in the knowledge and love of our Lord Jesus Christ. That was the verse from Ephesians that we began our service with this morning. And we long too uh, that other people uh, would come to know the good news of the Lord Jesus. And the good news of the Lord Jesus was introduced to us in Mark chapter 1 and the very first verse. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. This good news is a person. It is Jesus. He is God's promised king. He is the Son of God. And what is his message? Well, it's there in chapter 1 and verse 15. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And in the opening chapters of Mark's Gospel, at relentless pace, we've been introduced to this King, Jesus, and we've been introduced to the type of kingdom that he will come to bring. In Jesus' kingdom, there will be no place for suffering and sickness. Isn't that wonderful news for a number of us here this morning? He brings healing to our broken worlds. In Jesus' kingdom, there will be no place for evil. Uh, Jesus will conquer Satan. He will bind up the strong man and plunder his house of lost souls. In Jesus' kingdom, there will be no place for sin. Jesus offers forgiveness fully and freely to those who trust in him. What wonderful news, friends, that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet we've also seen in these opening chapters of Mark that this good news is being met by increasing opposition to Jesus. Last time I preached, almost a year ago, we finished with... Mark chapter 3 and verse 6. The Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. The Pharisees and the Herodians, they really didn't get on, to say the least, and they get together in opposition to Jesus. They reject him. They want to kill him. Or last week, we heard how Jesus' blood family, his very own parents and brothers and sisters, also reject him. They think he's mad. And this sense of rejection of Jesus and the good news of the gospel is something that Mark's first readers would have known very clearly. Most likely they were Christians in Rome in the mid-first century AD. They were increasingly experiencing persecution for their faith. And as we seek to share our faith today, we experience much the same. Generally speaking, speaking of Jesus is met either by apathy uh, or opposition. And so one author asks, why, therefore, should we persist in teaching God's word to people who don't seem to be listening or who openly oppose us? Is there really no better strategy for God's kingdom growth? Uh, is there really no better strategy for our growing business? Well, in Mark 4, I think we get the answer. And we've just got one point uh, this morning, and it's this. God's kingdom harvest will be massive despite rejection. God's kingdom harvest will be massive despite rejection. And Mark's aim here is that we, we keep listening and we keep sowing the word uh, certain of that massive harvest to come. And as we'll see through these verses, Mark is weaving together these two strands of speaking and listening, of preaching and hearing God's words. That's how God's kingdom harvest will come in the face of rejection. So let's uh, dive in and see if we can see this uh, together. God's kingdom harvest will be massive despite rejection. 
Back in chapter 1 and verse 38, Jesus uh, tells us, slightly surprisingly given the context, that his purpose is to preach. That is why I have come, Jesus says, to preach. And in Mark chapter 4 and verse 1, uh, he shows us that priority again. Uh, He gets into a boat and a crowd gather along the lake shore and he preaches to them. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered round him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. His teaching method is then given in verse 2. He taught them many things by parables. And we then read the familiar words of the parable of the sower. And as we just read this again, try and imagine what it would have been like for those first hearers by the lake shore. Listen, verse 3. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Jesus then concludes verse 9, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Jesus could have just been telling about the trials of a farmer friend, a first century version of Clarkson's farm, if you will. Yet verse 9, clearly there's something that those listening should have grasped. Those who have ears to hear will hear. But for most, if not all of that crowd listening that day by the lake shore, uh, they go away having no idea what Jesus was on about. (laughs) In the words of a colleague, they wouldn't have a scoobs. Uh, Which brings us to verse 10 and the purpose of parables. As some of you will know that I work for a time for a church in uh, South London, And occasionally I would go to the local primary school to give assembly. And after one of these assemblies, the head teacher came to me and said, next time you come, uh, Paul, could you please teach the children with a parable? Uh, That way, she went on to explain, the children will more easily be able to understand what Jesus taught. Well, maybe that's what you and I have thought as well about the purpose of parables in the past. They make spiritual realities easy to understand. And yet that is precisely the opposite of what Jesus tells us in verses 10 to 12. Verse 10. When Jesus was alone, the twelve and the others round him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. To the privileged few sitting around Jesus, his disciples and others, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given. Uh, In the context here, I take it that 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 secret is the understanding of the parable that then comes from verse 13 to 20. It's the secret of how God's kingdom will grow and result in a massive harvest. Yet, verse 11, uh, there are some who are on the outside, not the inside. Those who are far from Jesus, and to them... Everything is in parables so that they do not understand. As one author puts it, 
The purpose of parables is to prevent outsiders from understanding the truth so that they won't repent, so that they won't be forgiven. <coughs> now, this is not easy for us to hear, is it? Um, these are difficult verses uh, for me, as I've wrestled with this this week. These are dis- difficult verses for all of us because they don't say what we would like them to say. And at Emmanuel, we systematically preach through books, verse by verse, like Mark, uh, deliberately. It means we're not tempted to kind of gloss over or skip over bits of the Bible like this that we find more difficult, that we don't like. So how do we make sense of this? Well, 1 Timothy 2.4 assures us that God uh, desires that all people be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So we've got to hold that uh, kind of side by side with this uh, couple of verses. Why would Jesus then here not want people to understand the truth leading to repentance? I think understanding Jesus' context here is helpful, both in the quote from Isaiah 6 and also what we've already seen in Mark. Uh, The quote first, Isaiah 6 is when uh, Isaiah is commissioned by God to go and preach to wayward Israel. Israel have stubbornly refused to repent and turn back to the true and living God who called them to be a people. Israel rejects God, and so God rejects them by preventing them from understanding the message of his prophets. Or then again, Mark 3, we saw uh, last week that the Jewish leaders who represent a kind of continuity of that Old Testament Israel, they reject Jesus. And so again here, uh, Jesus is preventing them from understanding his teaching. Those whom Jesus prevents from understanding are those who have first refused to listen to him. That's why Jesus repeatedly, I think, calls for people to listen through this chapter. I wonder if you noticed it. Verse 3, he begins, listen. Or verse 9, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Or still in the same section, but but after the end of our, our passage today, verse 23, again, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Verse 24, consider carefully what you hear. Uh, God is sovereignly in control of those he chooses uh, to reveal the secret of the kingdom of God. But simultaneously, there's a human responsibility that we have to listen, uh, actively choosing to listen to God's king uh, if he's to choose us. And wonderfully, uh, when Jesus grants that understanding, uh, when people choose to listen to Jesus, God's kingdom will grow. And that's the message of the parable of the sower that then Uh, Jesus goes on to explain. Verse 13. Uh, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? Well, here goes. The farmer sows the words. Some people are like seeds sown along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Uh, Verse 14 is quite key. Uh, The farmer here is sowing the word. Uh, This is the good news 
of Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, that in his death for us he would bring us forgiveness for sin, taking on himself uh, the condemnation that we deserve and assuring us of eternity in his kingdom. That is the word, that is the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And this gospel is to be preached or scattered widely in a way that people can clearly hear. Notice that in the four uh, soils, the four different types of people, it's not that some don't hear and some do. They all do hear the words. Yet three quarters uh, of the gospel scattering effort yields no fruit. It's either snatched away, uh, it withers quickly, or it's choked by the concerns of the world. And it seems a colossal waste. Uh, that is, until the seed lands in that one out of four, uh, that quarter of soil, uh, where the gospel message is put to work in fertile soil, in fertile hearts, and bears a crop uh, that is an abundant and massive harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Wow, God's kingdom will grow despite rejection. Now, I wonder, just with a show of hands, how many of you have heard of Albert McMakin? Albert McMakin? Anybody heard of him? No? Uh, I wouldn't expect you to, necessarily. Uh, he was a 24-year-old dairy farmer in 1934, living in North Carolina. Um, and Albert was a new believer. Uh, he had great joy in the gospel. And he would invite as many people as he could fit in his truck uh, to get down to hear local evangelist Mordecai Ham. What a brilliant name, Mordecai Ham. Yet Albert's enthusiasm for the gospel was not always that well received. Uh, one boy uh, who rejected Albert's invitation was the 16-year-old son of the dairy farmer whom uh, Albert worked for. Uh, yet Albert persisted in the face of rejection until one day a 16-year-old boy was persuaded to go with Albert to listen to Mordecai Ham. Uh, apparently the persuasion was that uh, Albert would uh, let the boy drive his truck. Uh, that was what took him uh, to, to get into the gospel meeting. And that night, uh, wonderfully, as he heard Mordecai uh, speak of Jesus, the boy was convicted of sin. Uh, and in his words, he made a decision for Christ. Well, that 16-year-old boy was Billy Graham. Billy Graham would go on to be one of the most prolific evangelists of the 20th century, According to the stats of those who worked with Billy Graham, about 3.2 million people responded uh, to his gospel, uh, the gospel message of, of Jesus Christ that he preached. Uh, Mark 4, verse 20. The seed sown on good soil uh, was heard, accepted, and produced a crop that was more than 30, well more than 60, even more than 100 times what was sown. And as I was, uh, or came across this story, I found this wonderful quote. We can't all be a Billy Graham, but we can all be an Albert McMakin. As we sow the seed of God's word, his kingdom harvest will be massive, despite rejection. And so I think that's the first implication uh, from this passage for us this morning. We're to keep prayerfully sowing God's word, certain of the massive harvest. And as Emmanuel, we can be thankful to the Lord for the priority of that word-based ministry. Uh, thankful that this has been a priority for a number of years uh, and a number of generations of gospel ministers. And that was clear to me in arriving here uh, a little over two years ago, that this faithful sowing is bearing gospel fruit that will last. But the sowing must continue. We must keep sowing faithfully from this pulpit week by week. 
even as we faced increased rejection, possibly by those in religious authority, we're to keep sowing God's word faithfully. And sowing God's word is an implication for any of us who have a role in opening up the Bible, teaching our children and young people, leading a home group in one-to-one, connect the dots. However you're opening the word with people, keep sowing God's word. In the home, those of you who are parents, I know it's a challenge, the chaos uh, of everyday family life, but prioritise that time where you can sow the word in the hearts of your children. Keep sowing the seed of God's word, certain of a massive harvest to come. And it's a job for all of us, uh, to all of those outside of Emmanuel, to our non-Christian neighbours, friends, colleagues, classmates, acquaintances. Let's not just live distinctively, but let's speak distinctively too. Speak of Jesus. Let's explicitly talk of Jesus. Name him as our Lord and our Saviour. We have a fantastic opportunity in the mission coming up in October. Details on the flyer on your seat. We've got a week of events coming up in the Algiva where this word will be sown, where this word will be preached, the good news of Jesus to a dying world. Be thinking and praying about who you could invite for that week. Someone you would love to know come to a saving faith in Jesus. Invite them to the Algiva, prayerfully praying that their hearts might be Fertile soil for the seed of God's words. There will be rejection. Yes, uh, that is for sure. Jesus was rejected. Uh, But there will be seed that falls in fertile hearts. And there's a massive harvest promised. And the wonderfully liberating thing is we do not know where those fertile hearts are. Uh, So, so widely, indiscriminately, without prejudice, we can't tell uh, whose heart might be fertile for the gospel and so your question for coffee this morning is this who will you commit to telling about jesus this week who will you commit to telling about jesus this week and let's be accountable for that so if you tell someone this morning come back next week and say how did it go telling such and such a body about jesus keep sowing god's word certain of the massive harvest to come But there's something more in this passage, and I think this is our second implication this morning. The harvest only comes as we then keep listening to God's word. So keep listening to God's word. Mark chapter 4 and verse 15. Some people are like seed sown along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. As soon as they hear God's word preached, Satan comes and snatches it away. Undoubtedly, that's what's happened to a large number of the crowd listening to Jesus by the lake shore. Most probably wandered away from Jesus uh, preaching, not remember anything he'd said. Uh, And for this, I cast my mind back to supporting a university events week down in uh, Exeter. And we had a series of lunchtime talks with an evangelist. And one lunchtime, a chap came along and he sat with us through the talk. It was perhaps the clearest exposition of the gospel I have ever heard. It was phenomenal. A a fantastic address, um, which was so persuasive uh, in in warm, in encouraging people to accept Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. And yet this chap, as he stood up to leave, uh, he stumbled over to the door and he turned to me and a friend on the way out. And he said, I didn't hear any of that. 
That was sobering. But it was verse 15 in action. He'd listened, apparently, through the talk, and yet he'd not heard by the time he got to the door. Couldn't, couldn't recall anything that he'd heard. The devil snatched away all that he'd heard as if he hadn't heard at all. And even now, as I speak, there will be those for whom the devil is snatching away the word that is being sown. You won't remember what Mark 4 says, even as you walk out the door in 20 minutes, half an hour's time. Well, if that's frightening, don't let that be you. Keep listening. Keep listening. Uh, Or verse 16. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Well, perhaps you've accepted the word of God joyfully, uh, maybe on a summer camp. Uh, Maybe it's the case that you've come to know Jesus uh, despite the fact that your family have not. And you're getting stick now for being a Christian, either back at school, uh, from your partner, uh, from close family or friends. They're making life difficult for you and you're ready to throw in the towel. Well, don't. Keep listening to God's words. Verse 18, still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Well, I think this um, category actually is a particular risk for the teenagers in our midst. You're working out whether or not Jesus is really worth it in a world that seems to offer so much else. School, college bombard you with messages uh, that you are what you achieve. So you worry about test marks, you worry about academic outcomes, you worry about uh, next steps in life. And soon enough, you're not getting to ignite. You're no longer coming on a Sunday because you're prioritizing work uh, and you stop listening to Jesus' words. That's that word being choked out uh, by the worries of this life. Or the deceitfulness of wealth. We become obsessed by our bank balance, our savings, forgetting the one who truly saves us from our sin and for eternity. Or romantic relationships, perhaps with a non-Christian boyfriend or girlfriend. Gradually, you're drawn away from the God who loves us perfectly in his son. All of these things ready to choke that word that has been sown uh, and is beginning to bear fruit, making it unfruitful in our lives. And but for the grace of God, go I. We must keep listening to God's word. Listening to God's word may be costly in earthly terms. It may uh, result in rejection. In fact, it will result in rejection. That's what we've seen. But it will be worth it on the day when God's kingdom is revealed, when his harvest is brought home, when Jesus returns. Here's the final verse of Henry Alford's Harvest Hymn. Even so, Lord, quickly come, bring your final harvest home. Gather us, your people in, free from sorrow, free from sin. There forever purified, in your presence to abide. Come with all your angels, come. Raise the glorious harvest home that's the future for those of us who keep listening to god's word that's the future for all of those to whom we sow god's word where it finds fertile hearts ours is a growing business wonderfully god's kingdom will reap an abundant and massive harvest even if we face rejection 
now. Let me pray as we finish together. Others like seed sown on good soil hear the word, accept it and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this wonderful promise that as your word is sown, there will be a massive and abundant harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what has been sown. Even as we experience rejection for following Jesus and for naming him as our Lord and Saviour, keep us sowing and keep us listening to your words that on that last day when Jesus returns and his harvest is revealed, uh, many might have come to know Jesus through our sowing and that we, through our faithful listening, might be amongst their number. For we ask it for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ and we ask it for the salvation of many uh, whom we long to know him. Amen.